Hello, hello. Good morning. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Super good. Thank you for uh, agreeing to do this. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. I think you are officially the guest who has known me the longest. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> We've known each, gosh, since I've known you since what? You were middle school or high school? Middle. Middle school? <laughs> no, <laughs> long, no, no, no. High school, high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Long time. So what was little Christine like? I don't remember her. Um, well, I remember you as being a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my sister. So for those of you who don't know, Christine is um, one of my sister's friends. They went to, they grew up together. Um, and I remember my sister describing you as kind of the mother hen of the group. You were just... Um, you know, always keeping everybody in check, keeping everybody safe, keeping an eye on everybody, which is totally you. <laughs> Even though we were partying. Right, like, right. We're going to be safe about this, though, guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I'm i just so impressed with you, Dacian. You've always, I feel like you've always had your shit together. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> From my perspective, yes. I was like, oh, my gosh. Katrina's older sister always has her shit together. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. But, you know, I um, I don't know if I feel that way. I definitely have my shit together more as I've gotten older. But, um, you know, it was it, it's been a process. It's been a journey like like we all have to go through. Maybe because I was younger, I just, I wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? True. So maybe yeah. that's why it looked like extra put together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you've all, always kind of known me as an adult because my sister's 11 years younger than me. So, um, you know, I, when you guys were in high school, I was grown and had a kid and out of the house. And so that probably had a lot to do with it as well. Probably. So you just started Grief Source. Yeah, grief sources. Yeah. How how did that come about? What tell us? Take us on a journey, Dave. Yeah. Okay. So much like many other people's journeys into therapy and social work, mine really evolved a lot from just doing my own personal work and healing. And um, you know, I had an amazing childhood, but I grew up around alcoholism. I fostered, which fostered uh, some major codependency. Um, being, you know, Katie being 11 years younger than me, I was in a, in an organic role of caring for her and not only caring for her, but feeling really responsible for her and feeling responsible for a parent as well. And I, I identified a lot more with a, a motherly role in terms of Katie rather than a role of a sister. And so that kind of caused me to to grow up pretty quickly, and there were pros and cons to that. A pro was that I had my daughter, Taylor, at a very young age, at 18, and um, felt like I had a, a pretty decent handle on how to care for her because I had been caring for Katie for so long. Um, but, uh, you know, was in an abusive marriage that ended badly, uh, raised a kid on my own. I was a kid raising a kid, so we grew up together. I, I really uh, had a lack of 
ability to handle adversity in a rational, confident, emotionally mature way back then. Um, I did the best I could with what I had at the time. You've definitely been, that's why I'm so surprised that you say that you think I've always had it together because you've been witness of several of my meltdowns over the years. (laughs) (laughs) But But, maybe because I have meltdowns so often, I'm like, that's just natural. That feels normal. Right. (laughs) It it is normal. (laughs) But, you know, I spent a lot of years in toxic thoughts resulting in chronic toxic emotions and poor health. And I drank and smoked too much. And I never paid attention to nutrition or understood the importance of, you know, what we put into our bodies. And I carried. To be, to be fair, Dacian, though, it's a lot easier to cope when you're drinking than when you're eating salads. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So just a lot of high stress, a lot of anxiety, depression, um, meltdowns, if anything went wrong, pessimistic outlook on life, just dysfunctional behavioral and thought patterns. And then fast forward to 2009 when I met my amazing husband, Kevin, and he gave me the book, The Secret. (laughs) And it completely blew my mind wide open just to the fact that I have a choice as to where I put my focus and that it makes a real difference. Um, That's Thoughts can change your life or they can completely dismantle your life. And I really began to discover my power. And Were got, you guys dating or married when he gave you that? Um, we were dating. We weren't married yet. So he's like, read this before we get married. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he was just really a pivotal point in my life and um, really always encouraging me and believing in me. Um, I got into yoga right during that time as well and really started learning about the mind-body connection. And then in 2010, I decided to go back to college and um, I started from the very beginning. I had done a little bit of college like long, long time ago in my early 20s. And um, none of my credits transferred. So I had to start from ground one. And I found social work and just the concept of helping people help themselves was super empowering and encouraging. And I began to conceptualize how I could be a part of improving lives. And it really transformed me. That program absolutely transformed me. And I just learned so much about myself in that social work program, about my biases and judgments of of situations and people and about setting boundaries. I swear to God, I didn't even know what the hell that word meant (laughs) until I was like like 36. Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just, I had no clue. I had no boundaries. Um, And it was just really the beginning of learning about self-awareness and how important that is. And the values of the practice also really aligned with my own personal values. Of I, I've always known that I just wanted to be of service and be an agent of change and the importance of human relationships and connection and the importance of continued learning and growing. And it, I just really grooved on it. And I knew as soon as I, I found it that that was my path. And 
I took the aging track, so I really dig elderly, the elderly population. They're my peeps. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, graduated with my bachelor's in 2015, and then I got into um, the advanced standing track of the grad program, which meant that I could finish in a year instead of two years. And so, oh, wow. yeah, I graduated with my master's the very next year. And my grad year internship was at the VA hospital in palliative care. So I got a lot of medical knowledge and experience there. And I got to do a little bit of work in their hospice program. And I wasn't really sure if that was the direction that I wanted to go in. I wasn't really sure what direction I wanted to go in after after graduating. I just knew I wanted to work with the elder population. And a good friend of mine who did the undergrad and grad, grad program with me, her grad year internship was at a local hospice here in Denver, Colorado. And she kind of helped me get my foot in the door there. And um, I just r- really ended up loving that work, the end of life work, and just really changed my perspective on life and loss and how loss impacts lives, but also the beauty and growth that can happen in the midst of loss and the resiliency that comes from experiencing it and moving through it. And my biggest takeaway is that life is fucking short. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, we have to, we have to live now because tomorrow is never promised. And I saw so many people, you know, that worked so hard all their lives just to save up and retire and then start doing the things that they wanted to do and then get sick and die as soon as they retire, you know, and I, that's not for me. I'm not doing that. So I work. Well, that's a huge wake up because yeah. you're like, you're seeing it and I'm sure yeah. they're telling you, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Jason? Absolutely. Live Absolutely. now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's so many amazing lessons in that role. And I was there for five years and just gained a lot of invaluable experience. And then um, in 2019, I was scrolling through Facebook and I found this online yogi that I had been kind of following. And she was offering this seven-day chakra program to manifest your dreams through the manifestation channel of the chakra system. And it was just like a free seven-day thing. I signed up. I did it. And it was freaking amazing. I, I loved it so much. I um, paid for a membership to her online yoga studio. She was It was just kind of an introductory to, to get you interested. And then she offered a year-long chakra program. And so I did oh, that. Wow. And that was kind of how Grief Sources was, was really birthed, was through 2019 and... I'm um, going through that chakra program. So pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, yeah, yeah. You, you were setting everyone up. You're like, listen, I got you. Right. I don't even know this is about to happen. Right. But I have you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so during that time, I was working on getting my clinical licensure, and I obtained that in November of 2019 and knew that, you know, as soon as I got that C in my credentials, I was heading out of hospice and I really wanted to get into the therapy world. And so February 2020, I left hospice and started working for a small private practice. I'm currently still working for them, an amazing group of people, um, learning a ton and simultaneously launching my own private practice. And so it's a baby, but she's growing and she's growing fast and I'm super excited about it. And I, 
Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. So when you started Grief Sources, how did you kind of get the, I guess the, because it's scary, right? Starting your own thing. Yeah. So what was the, like, the turning point that really made you, like, press launch on that website? I don't want to work for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I want to call my own shots. And so, you know, that was a big part of it, just how I want to live my life. You know, I, I, I am, I am the creator of my life. And so, um, that was a big part of it. And then, you know, I just, as I've been learning and growing, I a thousand percent believe that we don't grow unless we're uncomfortable. And, even before I really understood that concept, I can look back at my life and I can see where I just dove headfirst into discomfort and grew so much from it. And that's, you know, that's, that's been a, a tenet of my life and it's grown stronger and stronger. The more I learn, the more experience I get. And so a lot of that was, was part of it too. Like I just, I'm not going to get anywhere unless I get uncomfortable. And so it was really freaking scary and it is still really freaking scary. I'm really freaking scared right now. This is like, (laughs) (laughs) this is like my first time really kind of putting myself out there in this way, um, for grief sources and for myself. So, but we don't, we don't grow unless we get uncomfortable. So here I am. Love it. So can you break down the name for us a little bit, like with the services that you offer? Yeah, yeah. So Grief Sources actually was my husband's brilliant idea. Initially, even before I took the chakra program, I was like, I just want to, I want to get a website going with just all things grief related, like resources, like a, a Pinterest for grief, so that people have a place to go and they can, you know, just access and all the resources that they need. And then, and Kevin was like, well, well, you should call it grief sources instead of grief resources, grief sources. And so that's kind of how the name came about. You're brilliant. I know he is. I I go to him for all of that um, creative (laughs) stuff. And so I, then it just evolved, you know, into not just a website for resources, but my therapy practice website. And I found a really great definition of grief um, a while back that says grief is the result of the end or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. Oh, okay. Say that one more time. That was like, that gave me the chills. Yeah. Grief is the result of the end or change in a familiar pattern or behavior. And so it's, it's not just grief isn't just experienced because of death. It's, really any kind of loss, you know, divorce, loss of physical functioning from an injury or an accident, loss of a job, retirement, um, a change in financial state, change in living conditions. And, you know, also like non-tangible things like loss of trust, approval, safety, control, which are all tenets of trauma, by the way. Yes. And so it isn't just about, you know, you, you think of grief and you automatically go to like, who died? Yeah. Who died? And it's not, it's not just that there's, it's so much bigger than that. And, you know, that's kind of, that's, that is the basis of grief sources. It isn't just about death. It's about all kinds of sources of grief. And, 
all of these losses and changes that we all experience, it's universal. None of us are, are immune to it. If it's not addressed, it can really manifest into mental health issues like depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal thoughts and behavior, addiction. And then that results in somatic issues, chronic pain, high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, you know? And so grief sources doesn't just focus on the grief, but on the sources of grief and the subsequent challenges that people experience because of that. Dude, that's yeah. like heavy and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff. I'm really passionate about it. And, you know, it's all connected, right? That mind-body connection. The, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm just really passionate about helping people move through sources of grief, understanding that mind-body connection, that cognitive model, right? The, you know, you have a thought and that creates an emotion and then that creates a behavior and then how that impacts you and how, how the brain wires and how trauma impacts our mind and body and the locus of control. Dude, that's probably the the most important lesson I've learned is learning what I do and don't have control of. I think yeah. once you learn that, your life completely changes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And so another big part of it is just helping people realize their innate healing abilities. You know, our minds and bodies are wired to heal. We're hardwired to heal. You know that when we get a cut on our skin, it heals, you know, that when, you know, any kind of injury like that, it, our body heals. And we all have those coping abilities to heal because our body, I, our body knows how to do it. Our minds know how to do it. But those coping abilities are often covered up or unrealized because of experiences we've had or past conditioning that's dysfunctional. And so, just really helping people unpack those things and uncover those abilities. That's, that's really the whole basis of this is helping people learn that they have the power. You have the power. <laughs> I'm like tearing up right now. And I'm like, man, I should have gone to my therapy appointment on Wednesday. Nap. I'm like, Dude, that's so good. Well, so much of it is habits, right? And the habits are there when we do it to protect ourselves. Yep. But yeah. Like yeah. you said, okay, and then what? And now it turns into these negative things. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and it's so hard to see them because they're so ingrained in most of us. You know, our behavioral patterns are things that we have done for years, if not our whole lives. And it's hard to see the trees through the forest until you have that guidance to help kind of uncover that a little bit. And, you know, so... I think, I think that part, it, it, it's just imperative that you have that awareness around that because we can't change what we don't know. So awareness is the first step. Yeah. And so it's like, you're like the mirror, right? Cause it's hard to see ourselves. Yeah. How we are sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're like, what do you mean? I don't do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some hard conversations sometimes, but well, and it's also really important to me to live and embody what I teach. And so 
a big part of the therapy work is constant and continual self-exploration and learning and growing and taking good care of myself so that I have the energy and capacity to be there for others. And I'm also a mom, so it doesn't matter that my kid's 27. It's still really important to me to model healthy behavior for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for my clients, you know, I, it's important to practice what I preach. I, I often have clients ask me, you know, like, do you have experience in what you're talking about? Like, <laughs> do you do this? And it feels really good when I can be, yeah. And I, I do a lot of, um, you know, sharing in, a, in an appropriate way in therapy um, just to, to help people you know, relate and understand that they're not alone in this, that we all experience these kinds of things. And I'm going through it too. These are some of the things that I'm doing and some of the things that are helping me. And maybe this can help you too. And so it's just a really beautiful kind of connection. Um, We're all connected in that way. And I love being a part of it. So are, do you offer Zoom or is it in person or both? Yeah, I'm doing um, just telehealth right now. And so, okay. um, yeah, I, I do Zoom. Um, eventually, you know, I definitely think that I want to get into seeing people face to face. A big part of my practice and kind of the idea around moving through sources of grief is really integrating movement and nature into therapy. And I'm so passionate about nature. Nature heals, period. Like, I mean, you can't, you take your cat on a walk, yeah. a leash. Yeah. Like, you're serious about nature. I'm, that is some serious nature. I'm very serious about nature. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's the, I, I just really believe in it. And it's such a sensory experience, right? Like, just you're engaged in all five of your senses when you're in nature and that is an important aspect of healing in itself and and experiencing movement and change as being connected to to the sensory experience so i eventually i you know want to offer things in person and get people out on trails and do therapy in nature and oh god and things walk like and that. talk yeah god, sign me up yeah absolutely so you know when the world gets a little safer and um you know thing, things start evolving in that direction that'll be part of part of what i offer but right now it's just remote online and that's great too because it really opens the door for for me to serve people statewide and all of Colorado where I'm licensed, not just like in my little town of Perker, you know, if people are coming to me in person. So Okay. I live in like Newcastle, Colorado, so Parker's not small. You can say little town. <laughs> it's true, true. It is not small at all. I'm like, I think there's like three hundred people here maybe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah online for now. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of see how that evolves. I know for me, like I do telehealth and I don't know, I, I decided that, you know, I'm going to talk more freely about like mental health and stuff like that, because you do feel alone. You do feel, you know, that no one else is going through this, but it's like people have been around for how many years? Like you're not the only person, Christine, that feels this fucking way, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. And there's so much healing in just that connection, right? Like 
understanding that you're not alone, that somebody is, somebody else does experience that. And while we don't really, we don't always connect on like the, the factual aspects of what were, of our challenges, right? We might not be able to um, relate exactly to, to another experience and the way that it, it's experienced from kind of that factual standpoint, but emotionally, that's where we connect. Like we all experience sadness, frustration, anger, fear, happiness, you know, all of those emotions. And when we can come together and connect in that space and, um, understand each other's experiences from that space, it's just, it's very healing and comforting and, it's better than talking to your mom, yeah, or like your friend about it. Because, yeah, you know, a third party. I feel like they're they don't know, or when they're not on your side. Necess- not that they're not on your side, but they're not. They don't have to feel like they have to take a place, right? Right. Yeah. One versus the other. Right. I remember what stopped me from going to therapy at first, and she was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" I could tell by her look on her face. <laughs> I was like, Elizabeth Smart got kidnapped and raped down the street from her house. My life isn't that bad. And she's like, what the fuck? You definitely need to be here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I love it. I love this space to talk about to talk about it, right? Because it's, there's such a stigma around therapy and I know it's a scary, scary thing to face and to to enter into um, unpacking your issues or facing, you know, things that that you um, recognize aren't working for you or might be harming you and facing how you need to take accountability and change. And none of that is easy. It's very scary and it's very hard, but um, it's it's important. It's it. I, I I'm happy to see kind of the trajectory of therapy, even though there's still a lot of stigma around it. It's so much more out in the open now. So many more people are coming out and talking about it and about the benefits and just making it more mainstream. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, and like a huge generational shift, right? Yeah. Like people that are so like, they're yeah. getting kind of older. <laughs> yeah. 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 So do you see someone yourself to kind of keep you in line? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Nice. Yeah. I've been in therapy for quite a while. I mean, pretty much all my adult life off and on. Um, but yeah, as soon as I, I think it was even a couple weeks before I got my clinical license and I knew I was just going to like move quickly and get into therapy. Um, I called a therapist and was like, hey, I'm... I'm going to start being a therapist here soon. And I, I need you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's important that I continue my healing journey, or I'm not going to be able to, to walk alongside other people in their healing journey in a, in a productive way that's going to, that's going to matter as much, you know, like, that I, we all have stuff we got to work on and it's, and we're going to get more stuff. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's, it never stops. It is a lifelong journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I know like when I talk about uh, mental health and stuff, what I hear a lot of times is people saying, well, therapy didn't help me. And I always say, well, it's like dating, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you got to find the person that vibes mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and you vibe with them and you trust them. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes you have to try a few out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. 
Absolutely. I agree with that. And I've experienced that myself. I know a lot of people have experienced that. And that's human nature, right? We don't get along with everybody. Our personalities don't always jam together. And so it's trial and error. And that in itself makes it difficult for people to to seek therapy because it's scary and vulnerable right off the bat. And then you meet somebody and you don't click. And then you're like, uh, you know, it just kind of um, for, for me, it, there were, I remember there being times when I was just like, this isn't worth it, you know, like it's not going to work because I, I just can't find a good connection. And, you know, you just, you just got to look at it from kind of that human behavior standpoint not just like a therapist and the client standpoint. It's, it's human nature. We don't all, we don't all get along. And so, we just have to find our person. And sometimes we have to go through a few people before we find that person. So if someone was hunting for a new therapist, what would be some advice that you would give them like before, like before they got started? Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, online is a great place to jump on. Psychology Today has a wonderful um, directory of, of therapists all over the world. And so you can get on there and just kind of search around and read bios and see what might resonate with you. And then um, just kind of reaching out and, and um, making the initial contact. And when people are, you know, reach out to me, I just um, respond and let them know that I want to have an initial conversation with them just for that very reason to make sure that we, that it feels good, that we are connecting in a, in a way that is going to feel um, like there can be some therapeutic stuff going on. And um, it's just, it's, it's a lot of, of exploration and it takes a lot of energy and time sometimes, but when you're telling your story like five times, you're like, okay. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) There's that too. There's that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I hear that a lot when clients come to me, like for whatever reason they're, you know, their past therapist didn't work out. Um, and just the, the anxiety around, having to tell the story again is really hard for people, especially when there's trauma involved. Like, here's my bio. Tell me what you think. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> here's my trauma bio. That's a good idea. That's a really like, good dang. idea. She Do you want to like... unpack this shit or not? Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> a client resume. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, and I know also, so like, cause like Andrew and I, we both um, talked to someone. I think it's super healthy for our marriage because we're not unloading on each other constantly Mm -hmm. right yeah but um I know what he kind of picks on me I'm not gonna say pick on me for but like I would go and I'd be like oh my gosh I feel great and then guess what I would do stop yeah (laughs) and then it'd be like something else hit the fan and then it would go into the oh well now I gotta find a new person or whatever that may be so do you find that that happens often yeah, I mean, not often. Um, I, and I, you know, to put it into context, I've only been doing this since February, literally. <laughs> I mean, like a, in a in a therapist role, and so I, I've had a pretty steady caseload of clients who you know have been with me since the beginning. Um, just a few people who. Um, you know, just have a lot of barriers and, and 
and blockages and um, I don't, you know, fear of of change or fear of doing the work. And yeah, there've definitely been a, a few people where we've been getting into it and then um, they quit or they disappear <laughs> or, <laughs> and, you know, and I don't, it, it, sometimes you don't get to know why. Sometimes you have a conversation ahead of time and, and, you know, you understand, but sometimes um, people just disappear on you and it's, you know, you, you, you're left wondering, but, um, just sending them good energy and hoping that they, they find their way. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of stuff that can definitely prevent that process from continuing a lot of our own internal stuff. Oh yeah. I remember when I emailed her and I was like, I don't think this is a good fit for me. <laughs> like, uh, just so you know, you've gotten a lot better, but if you don't want to continue to get better, then fine. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> I was like, she knows me. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's an important thing too, is finding a person that's going to call you on your shit, you know, and hold you accountable because, I think that's a big part of it. It's it's a scary thing. And just like you're saying, it's it's hard to continue going through it. It's hard to be in that space of discomfort. It's painful. Change is painful. And so having somebody that is not only encouraging you and supporting you, but also pushing you a little bit, you know, pushing you to your limits and showing you what you're capable of and holding you accountable. That's really important part of it. Well, it's almost like a coach, right? Like yeah. You, well, it is. You yes. guys are coaching mentally. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, come on. Mm-hmm. This is, get back in the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that changed just kind of what you're, what you described, you know, starting and then wanting to stop, um, those, those patterns that we are trying to change are so difficult to change. (laughs) It's so difficult to get out of it because, you know, the, when you think about it from a biological perspective and like how our brain wires, right. And those neural pathways and how ingrained and strong they are. If we've been behaving a certain way for so long and how, you know, thoughts that we are a way of thinking, like the thought patterns that we have, which um, create those emotional responses, which then creates chemical responses, right? All of that could be totally toxic and not supportive for our body and our nervous system, but we get addicted to it. It's, it's like, even though it's not supportive, it's comfortable. It's what we know. Yeah. And so it's literally you know, not only emotionally and mentally painful, but sometimes physically painful to to break out of those patterns and and create new pathways and new patterns. And so it's it is not easy, man. this this stuff is not easy, but it's a hundred percent worth it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, are you offering like emails or how, how does someone find you? Yeah. So, um, everyone's going to want to look you up now. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, of course on my social medias and everything is just under grief sources. My, um, my website is griefsources.com. Uh, email is griefsources at gmail.com. 
and you can find all my contact information on my website. So my website is, you know, obviously my therapy platform and talks about kind of what I do and um, sources of grief and whatnot, but it's also um, really a space to learn and grow. And so I'm going to be creating a lot of content um, just to kind of um, supplement that, that individual and group therapy that I provide so that you can get in there and, 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 you know, hopefully find things that feel supportive and find things that expand, expand you and help your, your journey through change. Um, I'm really thinking seriously about the model and, and the model that I want to work in too. And, I don't know that it's, you know, the hourly back-to-back sessions. Um, I, I am thinking about how that I might change that and how I might move more into like a coaching realm. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, things to navigate there because I'm clinically licensed. And so there, you know, legal legally there's a lot of things that I have to work out on how that's going to look but I I would love to I'm I have so many ideas swirling around in my head I've a lot of anxious energy around that because I'm like <laughs> where do I start I don't I know where do to it start all. I want to do it all yeah but I I really I know that I want to create programs and and offer you know programs and I've always um had in my mind that I want to do retreats near and far. Like I want to go to cool places all over the world, but I also, you know, we live in Colorado. I'm literally, I want to go to a retreat in April. It's called Namaste as fuck. Look it up. Yes. It's in Mexico and Tulum. And yeah, I think I'm going to put my deposit down next week. That sounds amazing. I am going to look it up. We should chat about that later. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. I love it. I love the name. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we just, you know, how I want to integrate nature and having, having the mountains right at my back door, um, really gives me an opportunity to, to create things like that, um, for people. And I have so many amazing healers in my circle who each have unique and valuable gifts to offer. And so just really collaborating and, and pulling people in so that people have a, a really well-rounded experience, you know, and, and retreats that I, I create and um, super excited about that. Um, and then I'm still going to offer traditional therapy for grief and trauma. I'm trained in EMDR recently and I am, can you explain to people what that is? Yeah, yeah. So EMDR is, um, the acronym is Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And really, it's a therapeutic modality that is used to treat trauma. Initially, it was developed to um, treat PTSD, and then it's kind of evolved um a lot into um, just treating all different kinds of trauma, um, really symptoms of trauma, um, addiction, depression, anxiety, pain. There's all different kinds of protocols that EMD, EMDR is, is um, effective for. But it, it was developed in nature, actually. Um, this woman named Francine Shapiro, she was just walking along in the park one day and she was noticing that she was having like some negative thoughts and um, 
experiencing negative emotions um, because of the thoughts that she was having. And she realized that her eyes were moving back and forth as she was walking and thinking about the, you know, these negative thoughts and experiencing these negative feelings and recognized that the feelings started to subside and decrease and become more um, or less charged, less emotionally charged. And so she went to the, you know, to the drawing board and and just started kind of putting putting this to the test, this kind of bilateral eye movement and came up with this amazing protocol that has has been thoroughly studied. There's so much um, peer-reviewed um, data out there that that shows that this is an effective um, therapeutic modality. It seems really woo-woo where they don't really know exactly how the uh, bilateral eye stimulation works. Um, there are some theories that associate it to kind of like the REM sleep cycle, how kind of one of the um, uh, defining characteristics of REM sleep cycle is like seeing the eyes move back and forth, you know, under yeah. the eyelids when you're in REM sleep. And um, we know that REM sleep is kind of the sleep cycle where where the brain is doing a lot of processing and, and things like that. And so it, it it's not really clear why it works, but it does work. And it's been proven over and over and over to work really well and can can really work in a much, much shorter amount of time than, than unpacking trauma through talk therapy. Um, I have experienced it personally and I am experiencing it over and over offering it to my clients. So super excited about that. I feel like a goddamn magician. Yes, <laughs> I really do. It's so, amazing. it's so amazing. And so it's just really beautiful to have that in my tool belt in a way to, to really, really help people. And so, um, I am actually t- next Wednesday, I have my very last, um, group consultation to complete my hours of basic training. I've, I've completed, um, part one and part two of basic training, and then I'm going to be moving into becoming certified. And so that's a whole other list of things that I have to do and accomplish, but, um, moving into that realm. So definitely taking EMDR to the next level, I'm going to become an expert in it and, um, keep that part of my practice in terms of like that one-on-one hourly client kind of a thing yeah. and, and keep, you know, helping people in grief and trauma through that, that kind of thing. And then maybe, maybe down the road, I, I envision a wellness studio. I'm really, I'm looking into, um, the trauma sensitive yoga and, um, want to get trained, um, and, and things like that. And just like somatic experiencing and, and getting, getting, you know, healing in the body as well as in the mind. And so lots of, lots of goals that I have. There's, I love it. there's a lot of directions. I just got to narrow it down somehow. <laughs> You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, well, Dacian, thank you so much for sharing uh, your time with me. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for you. And I'm so excited to tell the world about Grief Sources. Thank you so much, Christine. <laughs> I'm so damn proud of you, too. I'm oh, so proud you. of you. Yes. Keep rocking it, girl. All right.
See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. You guys already know what to do. Like, comment, subscribe, and share with your motherfucker friends. Bye.